Welcome to episode 34 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. There are some presuppositions that are being propagated lately. This is causing some people's GPS to be off, which leads to very wrong assumptions. This is Leadership in Context, a conversation on leadership in the context of the local church. For show notes, email podcast at nrpastors.com. And now here's Keith Tusi. In our last couple of discussions, we've talked about two subjects that are really one. The first one was why everybody doesn't have to like you. And then the second one, I gave you five things they should uh, not like about you or you shouldn't care whether they like about you or not. Five kind of doctrinal uh, slash cultural points of emphasis that are in the scripture right now. So if you didn't listen to those two programs, I'd encourage you to listen to them. I'm actually going to start a series today. It's probably going to take us a few weeks to cover, but I want to address some debate that is going on in the body of Christ right now. If you haven't heard, Andy Stanley has released a book, and it's called Irresistible, and I would encourage you to go to Outreach Magazine and read the debate, the discussion between him and J.D. Greer. J.D. is the president of the Southern Baptist Convention over this book. Uh, Some of you are aware that Stanley in the past has made some pretty strong statements uh, about leaving or unhitching, is his word, uh, ourselves from the Old Covenant, from the Old Testament, and why he thinks that's important. Uh, This book actually goes beyond that. It kind of doubles down on that. And I think what we're seeing now is a codifying of a new doctrinal emphasis that is already being talked about, already being sung about, already being emphasized, uh, that basically Christians that are under grace uh, are not under any other kind of dictates that they can determine what is right and wrong within them and for them, that their behavior is not codified whatsoever. Uh Those are strong statements, but Stanley's statements are even stronger than that. But I'm going to address that. Uh, What I want to do today is I want to address three presuppositions that I believe are happening and why this kind of theology is uh, growing in popularity, why it is itching the ear but not really stimulating uh, the mind. Uh, Now, these are my, honestly, subjective These are my uh, intuitive observations. No one has said these things, I don't believe, uh, in so many words. But they're my take on what I believe is happening. I'm going to just give you three of them in our time together, and I would encourage you then to investigate them further. Uh, Presupposition number one, and Stanley is very clear about this, He talks about Jesus being such an attractive personality. And the presupposition was that Jesus was was an accepted and beloved figure in his culture. Of course, nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus was crucified by his culture. He was despised by his culture and not just by the religious people. That is a misnomer. While there's no doubt that the religious people led the charge of execution, the crowd was full of other people, uh, Roman citizens, politically driven people, whose goal was not to advance Judaism uh, in any way, but they did not like Jesus interfering 
in the lives of people. Uh, Now, let me read to you from Isaiah 53, because right now some of you are saying, wait a minute, Uh, Jesus had, you know, some great encounters, like with the woman at the well. Absolutely. Jesus crossed cultural barriers. He, He broke cultural norms. But that does not mean everybody he did that with accepted him. And of course, the masses did not accept him. When Jesus died, after three years of ministry, he had a very small group of people that were beloved to him, even though he was, we could say it, the sweetest man who had ever walked on the face of the earth. Except for the resurrection that emboldened people, Even Jesus' winsome personality and his unbelievable kindness and tolerance and whatever other buzzword you would upon it did not win masses of people, even with the miracle ministry he did. Now let's look at what the Bible describes as Jesus' ministry in Isaiah 53. Who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and he is rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Doesn't sound like popularity to me. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. We are like sheep having gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, and yet he did not open his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before his shears, so he opened not his mouth. Now this is the biography, the prophetic biography of Jesus, written 700 years before his life. But the Bible says there was no comeliness or appearance that that would draw men to him. I don't think Jesus stood out in the crowd. I don't think he was the most distinguished figure. I don't think he was the handsomest guy, the biggest guy, the most muscular guy. I think he was a very average Jewish-looking man. There was nothing particular, this scripture says, that would draw ourselves to him to look at him in any way. And he was a man that was acquainted with griefs and sorrows, our griefs and our sorrows, but his griefs and his sorrows as well that he carried with him. This tells us very clearly that despite Jesus' unbelievable love and his unbelievable passion for people, that he was not accepted. And matter of fact, he was rejected. And that rejection was severe enough that it affected him so that he could be in tune to how you and I are affected. He bore the consequences of other people's sins of rejection against him. By the way, that's something, you know, when you're in ministry or you're trying to do the right thing, 
that is very, very important to remember that Jesus identified with that and he suffered under that just like he suffered under our sin. He suffered under our soulish wounds as well that we could walk in wholeness for this. But I want to dispel this idea that because Jesus was just so gentle and loving and kind that he affected the masses. It is true that we should be gentle and kind and effective like Jesus. But to say that we are failing in our mission because everybody doesn't like us, or as Stanley says, that we reject the very people that Jesus attracted. You know what? I don't buy that indictment. I do know there are some legalistic people out there. I do know there are religious people out there. I do know that there are people that are uh, very in, in a box and maybe do not know how to cross some of those cultural barriers that they need to to really allow the message to come to life. But I think it's important that we understand that there are many, many people who rejected Jesus' ministry of love and him pouring himself out. Now we have some great success stories that are told in the scripture, and of course rightfully so, and they're told so that we could see that the message that Jesus was preaching really does work. Christianity is not a popularity contest. And the truth is, we can be every bit as nice as Jesus, or kind as Jesus, or as compassionate as Jesus, or concerned as Jesus, and still be rejected by the majority. The Bible says, straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, and few be there that find it. Now that does not give us the license to make the gate small. That gives us the responsibility of standing in the gate, shoulder to shoulder, pressing out to keep that gate open, to draw God's people and those who want to become God's people through that gate. But as I read a lot of Stanley's material and a lot of other current contemporary writers and some of the podcasts I listen to in this, there is this underlying thing that if we would just be more like Jesus, then people would automatically like us. And I'm just telling you, that's a misnomer. You can't prove that from the scripture. You can't prove it from anything we're told to do as believers. Matter of fact, we're warned about rejection. We're warned about people falling away under persecution. And history certainly tells that. Now that should not dampen our evangelistic fervor. And what it should do is make us so circumspect that if people are going to stumble, they're going to stumble over the clear message of the gospel. The truth is that Jesus was rejected by the masses. And the truth is when we act like Jesus, there are experts that are going to stand in line to reject us. And we should not be measured by how many people are rejecting us, but by those who accept the message we're bringing, how we're able to bring them to maturity. Now again, I'm telling you this is my discernment on one of the presuppositions I believe that is being propagated. And because that, that GPS is off, that plumb line is off, there's a, a, an assumption that's made 
And I think theological therapy is needed. And I think a good thorough reading of Isaiah 53 and of the Gospels for that matter to see how Jesus was really treated. Uh, There were towns they wouldn't even let Jesus come through. There were places they didn't even want him to go. I mean, how have we forgotten this? We have painted a false Jesus and we need to get back to seeing the real Jesus so that we're free not only to love like he loved, but we're free to be rejected like he was rejected and keep going just like he kept going. Well, I didn't get to those other two points, but we'll get to them next time I'm with you. Okay, that was point number one on the foundational presuppositions that I think have thrown uh, gas on the fire of this wrong doctrine of rejecting the Old Testament. Hey, it's been great being with you. Get with us again next week for Leadership in Context. Today, Keith started a discussion on some false presuppositions. Was Jesus gentle and loving and kind? Absolutely. Did he affect the masses? Yes. But he was also rejected by the masses. We can be every bit as nice or kind or compassionate or concerned as Jesus and still be rejected by the majority, just like he was. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at inourpastors.com. If you would like more information, check out our website, inourpastors.com. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at inourpastors. See you next week.